Yeah, Coach, there's been some uh, reports that the, the WCC is considering a, a bubble potentially for the conference season in Vegas. What, what, uh, how accurate are those reports, and could that work for, for the league this season? Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, – I don't know what I'm allowed to confirm or deny. Do you guys know? Hey, Kyle, do you know what I'm allowed to confirm or deny? Kyle's not on. Kyle left – look, you left me hanging. What's going on? Oh, the question was about the Vegas bubble. Am I allowed to talk about that? What, what's the rules? Uh, Who reported it, guys? I don't think there's nothing so I think it was Rothstein on, uh, on Twitter. Well, oh, yeah, this Rossi is freaking crazy. No, don't quote me on that. That's a joke for you guys only. <laughs> and it was the uh, Oregonian, too, was oh, uh, had a report as well. Um, listen, I guess what I can say is I know that the WC – I'm so sorry, guys. I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but you could have just written this yourself. I know the WCC is exploring every possible option to give us the best chance to get through our league play. And, and actually, that's the truth. So – well, in a different topic, Coach, uh, is curious, you know, this coming Tuesday, uh, it's the first time the NCAA has passed legislation to give players and, and coaches the day off for Election Day. What's maybe your program done to highlight the importance of getting out to vote for and take, take advantage of that day? Yeah, so we, um, we've actually, I think I mentioned to you guys last time, not only have we um, uh, made sure and assisted all of our guys to register to vote, so everybody on our team is registered in their various kind of states where they can uh, register, but also um, we, uh, we've actually gone so far as to have some, uh, so we did a um, get out the vote day where we actually got um, mocked up images of the ballot, talked to the guys about how to fill them out. Uh, for example, there's been some uh, conversation about a bunch of people filling out the ballot and not signing it before they sent it in. Uh, so we kind of went through the whole thing. We talked about each guy's, um, the candidates that are going to be on guys' ballots in different states because actually the what's up for election in each state varies a little bit. And, um, and then um, we, we had Coach Burgess and Coach Fieger uh, um, each mock pretend to be one of the respective presidential candidates, and we had them do a debate in full costume. It got heated. Uh, at one point, um, one of the guys, uh, the wig actually came off, uh, and it came to fisticuffs. But otherwise, it was brilliant. We didn't do that part. So, Mark, yesterday we found out that Zach Wilson watches the Bachelorette TV show with his wide receivers. Yeah. What are, what are some things that people might not know about your players? Well, um, you know, we, we were, I think it was well chronicled about our, our guys were in love with The Bachelorette last year. I don't know if it's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I don't know exactly what's the difference. But they watched one of them religiously. Like, all the guys would get together and watch it. Um, besides that, we're pretty, we're pretty um, just, you know, right now we're just locked into a day. So the one thing, my guys, so I'm going to tell you one thing, and I'm not going to reveal the player. But my wife ran into a uh, significant friend of one of my players who was upset. She was upset because this player uh, was cutting off dates at 9 p.m. every single night for the last two weeks, 
because he had because he was like, I gotta get to bed and get wake up. So we might have the the I, I would I would bet right now that our roster from top to bottom goes to bed earlier than any other uh, roster in the country. I, I, I'm super confident of that. I'm telling you, these six, these six AMs wear on you, man. That, that you start to get scared. Okay, I think it's my turn if I'm following Kyle's uh, deal here. Uh, Mark, I wonder if you could comment on just your good friend Ryan Smith buying the Utah Jazz and what that meant to you and possibly what that could mean to your BYU basketball program. Well, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I will tell you this. I mean, it's, it's really extraordinary what the Millers have done with the Jazz. It's beyond extraordinary what the Millers have done with the Jazz over the last 45 years. Is that true? 45 years? I think so, or 35, wasn't it? And then, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, 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 you know, anybody more doing, doing it better for the state of Utah than Gail and Larry did, right? Um, and, and just as a distant fan, I've got to watch and appreciate it and love it, you know, not even being from the state of Utah. And, um, and, and I, think, I think Gail said that uh, – you know, I think, I think she said something to the effect of, you guys are going to have to find the right quote, but something to the effect of, you know, she would not have sold the team to anybody except for Ryan and Ashley were the people that were supposed to, supposed to take this over. And I think I'm guessing uh, for her, and I do know Ryan and Ashley, um, I mean, come on, how blessed are we in the state of Utah to have, this legendary family like the Millers being stewards over this program and then have Ryan and Ashley Smith take over the deal. Like they're going to blow this up to, to epic proportions and, um, and they're going to represent the state in such an extraordinary way. And then if I could just follow up just a totally non-related question, what was your reaction when your team was picked second by the WCC coaches and also uh, Alex Barcelo making the preseason alternate or all conference team. Jay, I, 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 yeah, I want to give you something spicy to write. I just don't know. I mean, you know, it's like I would love to give you something like we're so upset that, you know, how dare they pick, you know, there's no chance that uh, San Francisco should be for, you know, I just got nothing for you. I mean, you know, we just, I, I, I'll do better. I just don't, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't want to say whatever because that sounds like I, I'm, I'm not interested. I am interested. But what I mean is like preseason picks or preseason picks. And let me, let me try again. Let me give you something. Oh, Hold on. You're fine. We're, we're four weeks away from the first game. So we're you ask me that question again, I'll give you something good and like something writable. I know, I know you guys drive the whole. I mean, I really am saying that sincerely. Go ahead, Matt. Last year, you guys had some some great three point shooters, great scores all around. Who through two days so far, Coach, has um, kind of maybe showed that they're capable of filling those shoes? And and who are some of the better shooters on the team so far? We did a we did a um, you know in the mornings. You know, you guys know I'm a huge fa uh, fan of Shot Tracker. So we track every single shot in real time as our guys shoot them. 
So we did a 30 minute shooting session to start our morning practice this morning. And I had six guys shoot over 70% from the three point line. And that's on the move. And so, um, you know, in the conversation we had was who's going to be the seventh, who's going to start moving up into that 70 plus percentage category. Uh, two days ago, Alex Barcelo was at 87. You know, shooting about 153s, kind of off the move, summer catch and shoots. And, you know, you know, 20 minutes into the workout, we're trying to egg him on to get to 90. I mean, that's really hard. So we have a lot of guys. Alex is shooting it great. Brandon Averett is shooting it great. Brandon is, is you know, a, he's been like in that 75 to 82 range almost every single morning. This morning he was at 71, which is a little bit of an anomaly for him, but 71 is really good. Um, Hunter Erickson got his first day in the 70s day. We're super excited about that. Um, uh, uh, Connor Harding was at 78 today and he's kind of worked his way as he's getting more and more healthy. He's, 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 he's working his way up. Um, so we have a bunch of guys and our bigs can shoot it. You know, Matt Harms, Gavin Baxter kind of in that 60 percentage area where they peak their head close to 70 here and there. And sometimes they're in the low sixties. Uh, we got a lot of guys that shoot it. We take it really seriously. We'll be, we believe we're going to be able to shoot. You know, the guy who's probably made the most progress is, is uh, Caleb Lohner. You know, Caleb Lohner was, uh, was, was kind of at the tail end, and he's just got more and more and more and more confident every single day. And now he thinks about it. And, and Trevin Nell is, is near the top. You know, Trevin Nell was in that 60 to 70 category all year last year uh, with his shot tracker shots. And now every day he's 70 plus. So it's a good group. Hopefully we can make shots because I'm not actually a smart enough coach to score any other way. We got to make shots, man. Well, coach, I was just about to ask you that. You know, you were the top three-point shooting team a season ago, uh, but you lost a lot of that production in Yoli and Jake and TJ. But you've got a lot of big guys that your front court. You know, with uh, the names escaping me, but you, you've got some good guys along that front court. How do you balance out uh, on offense? taking those long range shots, but also feeding your big men down low? Um, you know, we, we found a really good balance. I mean, uh, I think Yoli had the third most post possessions in the country last year, something to that effect or, or overall possessions. Um, you know, I, I think we worked really hard on finding a balance there. Uh, one thing that's different for us, and I don't know if it's, you know, as a coach, you're always looking at the negative. So I, I go to bed every night thinking, how could we get a freaking defensive rebound? But the truth is, is like, our guys are our guys are just destroying the offensive glass right now, and and it's Matt Harms coming from the three point line, it's Gavin Baxter coming from the three point line, but the two guys that have been freaking stars on the offensive glass are Gideon George and Caleb Lohner. I mean, they are a massive problem on the offensive glass, and so one of the ways that our guys are get a lot of catches, a lot of touches, is just going to work on the boards. You know, we're going to really sell out on that. We were the 344th best offensive rebounding team in the country last year. There's only 353 teams. So there was only, we were ninth worst in the country. So Tom called me over the summer. He's like, if you can't at least get to 343rd in the country, you're out. So we've had a huge focus on offensive rebound. I think we have a chance. So that's another way bigs can get touches that will even it out. Go ahead, Norma. Um, I know you said that 
in regards to the WCC bubble that the WCC is just exploring every option. But I guess, do you have any preference? Do you feel that the bubble would be the best case scenario in order to get a, a full season in? Just what are your thoughts? Well, I've thought a lot about a bubble. For me, it's all about location, 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 location. Like, and if you guys are going to be allowed in, like if, if they'll bring you guys in and we can all go to the Bahamas, for example, and we could be in a bubble for three weeks. We could roll out of there lathered up in unbelievable tans and, you know, drinking non-alcoholic margaritas by the beach at 11 o'clock at night after the game, after wins. I mean, I'm in, right? But if the bubble's going to be in – now I've got myself in trouble because I can't actually name a place because they'll be mad at me. But let's just say that the bubble's going to be 72 miles north of Laramie, Wyoming. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Let's just stay here. So the truth is I only care about, like, can we just find a way to play? And that, that's what I'm super proud about with, with college basketball right now and with our league right now. Gloria is doing an unbelievable job of, of just looking at everything. I'm sure there's a thousand options that her team has dug into that, that nobody's reported on that we don't even know about. Right. And so, the, the most important thing for us is can we just play now if we could actually play with some some fans some some number of fans any fans in the Marriott center then, then we would love to have some chance to play some home games too are you concerned at all about the the continued spike that we're having in utah yeah really 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 concerned um and and you know it's it's um I, listen i'm not an epidemiologist right so i don't know all the facts about the deal but uh, you know, what I'm hoping is that we'll all respond in the best way, right? Which is, is, is being as safe as we can. Um, and so uh, I, I know that our frontline workers are, are working like crazy and doing everything we can. And I see the same numbers, you guys, that we're at 70% capacity in the ICU. And it, we've, we've kind of, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we're, you know, over a thousand uh, new cases every single day. Um, I know that we had uh, record deaths reported yesterday, right? Uh, a tie for record deaths at 10. And so you're always concerned, like, with these cases going up, what's going to happen? I mean, there's part of you that's like, hey, with cases going up, we're going to have, you know, higher mortality numbers. And so, yeah, just like every single person in the state of Utah and around the country, around the world, we're, we're super concerned and, and hoping that we can find the safest way we can to move forward.